0: When it comes to difficult situations and the emotions that arise from them, how do you deal with them? I'm talking about the emotions. Do you suppress them, as in not allow yourself to feel? Do you avoid them, maybe turn to emotional eating or going for a run? Or Do you actually process them? And when I say that, do you actually know what that means? So I'm talking about emotional regulation here, which is essential for healthy functioning. It's what we need in order to live a happy, healthy life. So if this is something you were never taught, rest assured, this is a skill which means it can be learned. So in today's episode, which is part one of a four-part series, I'm going to be walking you through step one of processing your emotions. So without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to the Happy and Healthy Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Lang. And this podcast is dedicated to my fellow women in STEM. After working in high tech for 10 years, in 2004, I became the proud owner of Pacific Heights Health Club in San Francisco, where I worked with thousands of clients over the span of 15 years to help them reach their health and fitness goals. Now I'm sharing what I've learned about what works as well as what doesn't work when it comes to making healthy habits stick. So, if you want to find out what it takes to achieve lasting weight loss, to create deep health, and feel empowered to live the life you want, you're in the right place. Episode number 187. Well, hi there. Amy here. Thank you so much for joining me today. So, I'm really excited because this is going to be a super helpful series for you. We are going to be talking about processing your emotions. So a few weeks ago, I offered a live workshop called Stop Emotional Eating. And during that workshop, we were talking about emotional eating as a coping mechanism to deal with, what? To deal with the emotions that we actually have been avoiding and so if you hear funny little squeaking sounds in the background it is moxie playing with a toy i have her this weekend and um unfortunately (laughs) whenever i start talking she i think she's playing with the toy as a way to um try to get me to stop (laughs) because or just to entertain herself because i'm not playing with her Anyway, so if you hear that squeaking noise in the background, that's what it is. So when I talk about processing our emotions, I was thinking about what would be a good analogy or metaphor to help you understand it. And what occurred to me was an incident about hmm, maybe 15 years ago when I was in Seoul, Korea, And it was for my brother's wedding. And I remember when we were leaving, we were at the gate and we had to take an escalator down. And there was a couple of tables set up and they were basically doing like a health screening of sorts, there was some paperwork, they asked you some questions. I think they even took our temperature. And so what was really interesting was, I think maybe they were short-staffed, but we were actually on the escalator and noticed ahead of us that there was like a stall in the processing. And yet, so people were standing at the bottom of the escalator and not moving forward, which meant that the people who needed to step off the escalator had nowhere to go. And it was basically... A disaster waiting to happen. Fortunately, Matt actually had the presence of mind, and probably with his training too, he had the presence of mind to hit the um, that button on the escalator that stops it from moving. Because otherwise, it was about to become a crush of people. And so, to me, that's a great way to think about when you have emotions coming in Right, that need to be processed. And different emotions have different processing needs. So you can imagine as people were coming off the escalator, you may have for health screening, maybe they were checking temperature and some people had a normal temperature, they could keep going. Other people maybe had a temperature, in which case there was a different process that needed to take place. Were you a citizen? Were you not a citizen? What were their protocols? And so When it got backed up, you saw this disaster kind of trying to uh, or about to unfold. And so what I want to do is help you make sure that we're not creating that disaster. Because what ends up happening if we're not able to respond appropriately, right, to make intentional choices that are aligned with our values, which are essential for healthy functioning, what we end up doing if we haven't been processing our emotions is we can easily react impulsively. Maybe you hold resentments. Maybe you overreact. And all of this is due to emotions that haven't been processed, processed in a way that is helpful. And so what I wanna do is actually walk you through four steps that you are going to be taking. And I'm going to focus on the very first step today. So before I get into that, I really want you, when when I talk about processing your emotions, I'm actually talking about a bigger topic, which is emotional regulation. So emotional regulation is a process. That's why I keep saying processing your emotions is a process, right? And It is a skill that can be learned. So just because you haven't been taught how to do it doesn't mean that you can't learn, okay? Because it is a skill. The third thing I want you to understand is that emotions are actually felt in our body. And when you look at the word, like the root of the word, e, and then motion, we are meant to act as a result of how we feel, Anyone who does marketing knows that the way to get someone to act, to behave differently is to tap into their emotions. So emotions are felt in your body and our emotions have a function. Every emotion, all the different kinds of emotion, emotions have a function. So keep that in mind as we think about processing them. Okay, so If you've been listening to this podcast or you've been following me on any of my social media channels, you know about the learning cycle. It's seven steps. I talk about the situation. I talk about your thoughts and beliefs, your interpretation, your emotions, your choices, your response, and the results that you get from that that serve as evidence for your brain. So that's the learning cycle. So you've heard me talk a lot about thoughts and interpretations, and I have a four-step method to help you reframe. This is thought work, okay? What we're talking about today is actually more emotion work, if you will. And so when you look at our emotions, what are the different ways we go about dealing with them? So I think most people like when it comes to dealing with our emotions venting is an option and i i think actually venting works because what we're doing is we're connecting with someone else through empathy and that helps but other coping mechanisms which aren't as helpful because they don't really resolve the underlying problem right we're not getting to the root cause are things like emotional eating and maybe some people might have a slightly healthier way of dealing with it, which might be going for a run. But at the end of the day, if there is an emotion that needs to be processed and it's not getting an opportunity to go through that processing, then even a run at some point will become less and less effective. So what we want to do is when it, when you think about coping or you think about tools, we, you know, if you have a nail, you want to use a hammer. If you have a screw, we want to use a screwdriver. If you need, if you have a bolt, we want to use some sort of socket or wrench. So this is all I'm talking about is how do we go about working through stuff here. Okay, so when the reason why also that we really want to be able to allow ourselves to feel all these emotions is because when we don't do that, when we try to avoid or try to numb, if you think about like emotions as far as positive or negative emotions, we're usually trying to avoid the negative ones because they're painful or they create some sort of discomfort. And I've talked about this before. Like we are motivated by either avoiding pain or seeking pleasure. So here, the key to understanding emotions is if we're trying to avoid the pain, this is partly why we want to avoid the negative emotion. But you, as a human being, we have rational thought. We have the ability to choose what we're going to pay attention to. We can choose to pay attention to that emotion as opposed to avoiding it and work through it. Because by numbing the negative ones or distracting ourselves, we actually kind of mute the positive ones as well. We basically, by numbing the negative, we affect our ability to feel the really good positive ones as well. And again, I want you to remember, every emotion has a function. So when you talk about dealing with a particular situation, okay, there really are three options. So Oftentimes, people will not question what they think or how they feel about a situation and go straight to whatever coping mechanism they have, whatever pattern, whatever habit they have to deal with it. The second one, which is the one I I talk about a lot, is reframing, where understanding That the triggers for your emotions are your thoughts. So, we want to examine the thoughts, make sure that they're accurate, that your interpretation is accurate. Now, the third thing is sometimes your interpretation is absolutely spot on, and the feeling is still a negative one. So, for example, I think I, I might have mentioned this in a previous episode where Moxie had gotten a hold of her leash and it was a brand new leash and she's a pretty aggressive chewer she ended up chewing it all up and I was just annoyed with her I was frustrated you can't really blame her but it was a new leash I was I was frustrated and I noticed Matt was trying to sort of distract me from feeling it right he was joking around about it and I was like you just need to give me a couple minutes to be annoyed. Just let me sit with this emotion. And after a little bit, it dissipated. So really intense emotions will dissipate after like a 90 seconds to two minutes. Okay. So that's one thing you can handle two minutes of intensity. And it's not even, you know, intense the whole time, right? Again, it's dissipating. There are some other emotions, grief, right? If you experience any kind of trauma, those are things that we actually do want to process. So the solution isn't in the reframing or thinking positive. And and so this is where I think when people talk about toxic positivity, I think this would be an example of where there are times when the negative emotion, that uncomfortable, painful thing, is what we need to sit with. And so the question is, How do you deal with it? And so there really are actually four steps to doing it. What I'm going to do is focus on the first one. Okay, and the very first one, and look, there's four steps. You may not need all four of the steps in order to resolve the emotion. And the first step oftentimes can handle like 50% of the issues. So this is a really important one. And that is simply to notice and name it. Name the emotion. Try to get specific. Okay, So I mentioned before, I am reading Atlas of the Heart by Brene Brown. And in her research, she found that after surveying thousands of people, that the vast majority could actually only identify three emotions, happy, sad, and angry. We experience a lot more emotions than that. So I'm going to include links to um, an emotion wheel. So you can take a look at that. And it talks about sort of like the, the basic emotions that we feel. And then in varying levels of intensity and combinations, what you might be experiencing. And when you're able to name it, to be really clear as to what you're feeling and why you're feeling it, you get to then make some intentional choices. And again, oftentimes it is literally just by noticing and naming it, that emotion can dissipate. Okay. So I want you to ask yourself, what are you feeling? And Also notice how it shows up in your body. So another chart I'm going to include is one to a map of emotions where there were these researchers from Finland who actually, again, surveyed thousands of people and had them actually indicate hot and cold, like how they were feeling in different parts of their body. And actually, I will tell you a story. When I was in my early 30s, I remember working with a professional development coach, and I told her, I noticed that I felt like I was living primarily in my head and in my torso, in my trunk. That was it. Like my arms were attached to me and my legs were attached to me, but I didn't really feel like I lived in them. And I had this aha experience when I looked at this map of emotions, because fear... All of what I was seeing showed up with the emotion of fear. So there was a lot of fear that was still trapped in my body at that time. And if that's something that you notice, one thing that I found really helpful, I went to go see someone who did rolfing, R-O-L-F-I-N-G. And it's named after Ida Rolf. It's also known as structural integration. And I found that was really helpful and getting myself to, to sort of release all that emotion that was trapped in my body that needed a way to, to get out of all the fascia and tissues in my body, okay? Now, that's one way to do it. There's obviously different methods, but it was one that you might want to check out, okay? So the other thing that I want you to be aware of when I talk about noticing and naming your emotions is that... Oftentimes, when I hear people say, like, complete the sentence, I feel blank, and I want you, again, to look at, like, that emotional wheel to say, I feel sad, I feel joy, I feel happy, I feel content, I feel bored, those are the emotions I'm looking for. A lot of times, when people try to answer the question, I feel, or finish, I should say, the statement, I feel, they may end up saying things like, I feel like... A loser or I feel that the world is against me or they may actually say I am I am sad so what I want you to be aware of is when you say things like I feel like or I feel that and then you start talking about a situation that's a thought that's not a feeling if you say I am sad what we want to do is make a distinction. Between a feeling that's a state and a feeling that's a trait. And by this I mean, when you say it's a state, this is like, I feel happy, but in a few minutes I might not be happy anymore because I'm thinking about something else. That would be a state. Versus, I am happy this is a happy person, this is an optimistic person, right? So traits are about like, are you optimistic? Are you pessimistic? They tend to be more like when we talk about someone's personality. It's part of their identity, which it has a permanence to it. So in positive psychology, so this is Martin Seligman, he talks about three P's, personalization, permanence, and pervasiveness. And when you look at like how you're feeling about something, if you say, I feel, you're talking about a state. If you say, I am, you've personalized it. And that actually means that there's a permanence to it as well. Much harder to change. So when I work with people who struggle with emotional eating and they refer to themselves as an emotional eater, again, we're talking about identity. I want to reframe that. You just shift it to emotional eating as a behavior, then it's much easier to change. Then it doesn't have that permanence. And the third P is pervasiveness, where it's all around you. It's not isolated to specific situation. If the world, I feel like the world is against me, that's like a pervasiveness thing versus in this particular situation. So maybe you can look at different aspects of your life and see, is it really happening everywhere? Or is it happening just in one specific situation? Maybe one specific individual where you have some work to do, some conversations to have about expectations and things like that. All right. So that's it for step one, the notice and name it. And in the next episode, I'm going to be sharing with you what step two is. Okay. And again, this is going to end up being a series. I'm pretty sure this is going to end up being a four part series. Um, maybe five. We'll see. <laughs> maybe there'll be a bonus episode. <laughs> All right. So if you found this episode helpful, do me a favor share it share it or write a review so that the algorithm will make it easier for people to find for other people to find this episode okay and if you get a chance i would love for you to send me an email let me know what in particular resonated with you did you have an aha moment and do you have any questions I would love to get your email. I read each one of them personally. Okay? So, I'm going to wrap things up today with a quote by Parker Palmer. Anytime we listen to true self and give the care it requires, we do it not only for ourselves, but for the many whose lives we touch. You've been listening to the Happy and Healthy Podcast with Amy Lang. If you enjoyed today's episode, by all means, hit the subscribe button now. If you're ready to get started, visit my website, moxieclub.com. That's M-O-X-I-E hyphen clu dot And sign up for my free mini course, How to Lose Weight for the Last Time. And remember... Making your choices when you're in a state of abundance is where the magic happens.